Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Thursday episode. We probably aren't going to have very many more candidate interviews for you folks. Uh, Maybe another one this uh, beginning of this next week, but we're running out of time. You're running out of time. you got to get those ballots turned in. You've got to talk to your family, friends, neighbors, congregation members, anyone in your community that you think will make a common sense decision and get them to turn in their ballots. We have low voter turnout in municipal elections, so every vote counts even more than in other elections. So let's get it done, get those ballots turned in. So the candidate interview we have for you today is Kim Pleese. She is running for the City of Spokane Council President, and you can look more into her at pleaseforspokane.com. We're going to jump into that interview after some inspiration. Our inspiration today is, are you being prepared? I worked at a fast food restaurant for over two years in high school. Some aspects of the job were difficult. Customers verbalized their anger while I apologized for the unwanted slice of cheese on the sandwich I didn't make. Soon after I left, I applied for a computer job at my university. The employers were more interested in my fast food experience than my computer skills. They wanted to know that I knew how to deal with people. My experience in unpleasant circumstances prepared me for a better job. Young David persevered through the experience we might well call unpleasant. When Israel was challenged to send someone to fight Goliath, no one was brave enough to step up to the task. No one but David. King Saul was reluctant to send him to fight, but David explained that as a shepherd, he had fought and killed a lion and a bear for the sake of the sheep. Confidently, he stated, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Being a shepherd didn't earn David much respect, but it prepared him to fight Goliath and eventually become Israel's greatest king. We may be in difficult circumstances, but through them, God might be preparing us for something much greater. Heavenly Father, help us to hold on during the unpleasant times in our life, knowing that you may be preparing us for something much greater. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I surely hope God is preparing us for something much greater because we've been holding on during a difficult time. And that's the difficult time that the city of Spokane has found itself in with a legislature that's not understanding Eastern Washington ideals and a city council in the city of Spokane that's not understanding the traditions of the city of Spokane, its residents, and the treasures that we have here in such beautiful you know, land and water and wildlife and the surrounding areas. And they're pushing an ideology that seems to have destruction in its path. And we've seen that here recently with you know homeless encampments drawing people from around the region and the country to come here for drug use criminal activity and we have officers that are trying to serve us well and a judicial system that is kind of handcuffed by our legislature so we need a city government that really is going to get on track with getting our government back on track. And we have a candidate in the studio today that I feel in listening to her speak that she wants to see city government get back on track. And that is Kim Police running for Spokane City Council president. Thanks for coming in. Oh, absolutely. I'm honored to be here. Well, thanks for coming in. I don't want to misrepresent your campaign in any way. I don't know where your campaign stands on some of these issues, but I know that it's not the city of Spokane that you've grown to love 
as far as our local government sits, but I think probably a lot of voters who've already probably handed in their ballot with your name on them, maybe people that are on the fence don't know who to vote for until hopefully they hear this interview. You're looking at taking Spokane into a direction where it makes sense again. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was born and raised here on the north side, not very far from here, and lived here most of my life, moved to Seattle after college, moved to uh, Austin, Texas, lived there for a couple years, and then really determined that I miss home. I miss Spokane so much. And the last couple years, after being a business owner for so long and looking around my community, I don't recognize it anymore. I don't appreciate the people that are running the show at all, especially as a business owner and somebody that pays my taxes consistently. And I just had to sell my business and jump in. Here I am. Stepping up to the plate. So you grew up here, you left for a few years, you saw the way some other governments are run, Seattle, Texas, came back here. And growing up not too far from here, you remember if, if there was public drunkenness, man, they picked them up. Oh, absolutely. Remember that? that? We didn't allow this stuff to go on. People screaming at the sky all high on drugs. We didn't allow that in our community before. We would go get those people help get them sober. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, my mom and dad are really great people when it came to that. All their, my dad worked at Kaiser. That was his first job. My parents got married when they were 16 and 18. And my dad worked, uh, he was a fire inspector on the lines at Kaiser. So he's part of a union. Uh, and then he got injured on the job. And so he was part of the union and the union was able to keep his job secure. And then he joined my grandfather in the real estate business. And then he slowly started selling houses to all the people that he used to work for at Kaiser. And he always appreciated that and did whatever he could. So as the people that he worked for at Kaiser were um, passing away, from all sorts of things. I remember his best friend at Kaiser died of lung cancer and he was a smoker, worked at Kaiser, still worked at Kaiser when he passed away. And my dad paid for his entire funeral. And you take care of the people that take care of you. And my dad would always tell me, always do business with people that do business with you and take care of your friends. And that's how it always was around here. Yeah, well, and look out for your neighbor. I think we the cultural shift that happened, I think a little bit during COVID where they, you know, wanted you to turn your neighbor in if they had friends over yeah. for a barbecue Can or you something believe like that? that. Yeah, it's crazy. But, you know, we need to get back to where it's okay to wave at your neighbor as they're getting their mail and you're weeding your garden, you know, have that community closeness. Because, you know, they talk about community policing all the time and that's a crazy thing. We just talked to uh, the sheriff a week or two ago and we had uh, Police Chief Craig Meidel in and now we have this narrative of criminal justice they want to talk about. Uh, what was it? Not community policing. That's one of the narratives, but they talk uh, about community custody and it's because we're just releasing people. And ah. so it's it's pretty unreal, the narratives that we have. And it seems like We've had a little bit of change. I know the mayor went over to Olympia to try to solve some of this problem with open drug use, but it seems like the the state didn't go far enough in getting back to normalcy where we were, where there was actual penalties so that not only victims got justice, but also criminals could have redemption. Well, I just heard that my opponent and our friends in the state legislature are trying to take away victim restitution. I don't understand that at all. I, I, I'm just blown away because they want criminals to get back on their feet faster. So they don't want them to have to pay restitution. And 
that's re- absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think restitution, that's, that's one of maybe the only ways of accountability that we have left to hold over. I mean, when you do something wrong, there's a consequence. It's either a natural consequence or there's a consequence that involves lawyers and and law enforcement and some jail time. One of the other things that I heard your competition say in the debate that you just had was that neighborhoods were, you know, us as neighborhood residents are also responsible. It isn't just our law enforcement, but neighborhood residents are responsible for policing their neighborhoods. And that kind of came as a surprise well, to that's, me. Well, that's where the community... The community custody. The, the, well, the community custody, but also the community policing. So not only do we have to be the, you know, if you see something, say something, uh, but you're also supposed to be the people that are willing to have those that should be incarcerated back in your community. And you're supposed to... We are not jailers or the justice system. We're taxpayers. And our taxes didn't go down in a way to push this back into the communities. So I think, you know, looking at the law and justice side of this, I don't want to take up the whole show with this, but looking at the current city council, regardless of how they position themselves, they're anti-police. They absolutely are. And in my last debate, my opponent says, oh, I'm not anti-police. I just approve their contract, Kim. And I go, yeah, when your back is against the wall and no matter what, it would have to go to arbitration and you would lose. Well, and even though they've funded it, there's little pieces in there over the years that they've diminished the power of police to do their job at the state level and local level. But they also want to empower, and I'm not quite understanding this, so if you got clarity on it, go ahead and and let me know. But they want to empower third-party investigations, even though when an officer does something wrong there already is third-party investigations by outside law enforcement but this police ombudsman thing where they want to have control over the police department with activists basically uh, i'm not comfortable with it well my opponent would tell you the public wants that and requests it and i know everybody i talk to supports the police bottom line right and so the narrative about our police department comes from those five people that sit on our city council. And you probably saw the email that went back and forth between Lori Kinnear and my opponent making fun of our police department. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see that. Oh, let me send that? that to you. Okay. Yeah. And it was a, it was a conversation going back and forth, making fun of the police department. And they said, well, let me just grab a baseball bat and I could do a better job than the police department does right now. Wow. I mean, that shows you right then and there. And it was with Lori Kinnear. It should have really showed them that they should probably take a look at the policies that they passed so that our officers could absolutely go out and do a much better job than they could do with a bat. Well, and obviously they are taking an activist role. My interactions in my lifetime with law enforcement at the local level. And I've been pulled over, you know, I've lived here my whole life. I've had interactions with law enforcement that it wasn't just a conversation on policy. It was, uh, okay, well, I got the Christmas lights behind me. I'm wondering what, if I, am I getting a ticket here or not? You know, and, and folks just, you know, my last moving infraction was 1999. So I've, I've behaved, but it's been positive. And I've watched law enforcement handle very difficult situations and they never pulled out their baton. And I, I guess I'm glad that the left-leaning city council isn't in charge of law enforcement because it sounds like they'd use a much tyrannical uh, A bat much is a lot bigger approach. than a baton. Just yeah. going to throw that out there. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of scary. So what do you think the council should do? If you're the, the president of the city council, what do you think the council should do in regards to, to law enforcement and the direction the current council is going? Well, first of all, 
you never in an email say anything bad about our police department. So I'm going to be the first person that uh, touts our police department to everybody. In fact, I just got a phone call from somebody that wanted to talk about the police department. And he said, there's a meth house right next to his house. So he's 74 years old and he sees drugs go in and out, in and out and things like that. So I said, did you call the police? And he goes, yep, I just called them yesterday. Finally, I just got tired of it, called the police department. I go, tell me what they did. And he's just bad mouthing the police department. They're not going to do anything anyway. And because that's what he hears on the news that they're not going to do anything. And they They don't have enough officers. And I go, tell me what they said and what they did. And he goes, yeah, they came out and they took a police report. And I go, okay, that's, that's some, they did something. So there is a record of it. Uh, So the police department is doing their job. And so over the course of the entire conversation, and he goes, well, this is like the first time that anybody has talked positively about the police department. And I go, well, you're talking to the wrong people. And I said, so there's a report. And he goes, well, are they not going to do anything? And I go, well, if anything, I, I'm sure that there is. They're probably doing surveillance. Yeah, exactly. So, so, well, And you've got people that are out there. They're concerned about a, a, a home that's in their community that's being used for criminal behavior. You can always call Crime Check, report it. You should call 311. You have local. Not you can always. Let me clarify. So one of the things that you want to do is just continue to call it in and report it because they do things based on numbers. The more calls they get, the more response is given. That's right. They and have to have enough of a of a file. Incidents. Yes, they have a they have to have enough incidents to go ahead and respond and kick in that surveillance so that they can go ahead and take care of the problem. Well, and also, you know, crime check. These are, you know, and your 311, your neighborhood council, some of these are zoning problems. And so we do have to be proactive as citizens and we can't just blame law enforcement. And um, I know, Kim, that you hear this negative about law enforcement, but that's media driven. I think if we look at the history of Spokane, we've taken votes that are very good measure of the support for law enforcement. And we never celebrate when law enforcement does a great job. They just want to be critical when they see something that might be wrong. Citizens were in favor of a police ombudsman. They're in favor of police accountability, but we want everyone to be accountable, even our elected officials. So folks get those ballots turned in. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The Citizens Alliance for Property Rights has published our ratings of 2023 candidates for office in Washington state. Find these on our website at caper.us, C-A-P-R.us. Councilman Arnie Woodard and former state representative and council candidate Rob Chase of the City of Spokane Valley were both rated outstanding property rights advocates. Among those candidates rated good by CAPER are Nadine Woodward, Kim Pleece, Michael Cathcart, Earl Moore, Jessica Yeager, and Erica Lalka. Go to our website for more ratings. That's caper.us, C-A-P-R dot U-S. Tim and Shannon have published their interviews of many candidates on their website. Find those at rightspokaneperspective.com. Finally, don't forget to mail in your ballots by November 7th. Good candidates are counting on you to vote. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective on this Thursday episode. We are talking to Kim Please. She is running for uh, Spokane City Council President. 
policeforspokane.com if you want to learn more information. Folks out there, we have an opportunity to change the trajectory of our city. And one of the things that we will be discussing is the budget. And I know that the city council, if we look at our government, the city council's increased its budget. And we do have a, the mayor that we've interviewed. Mm-hmm. And she reiterated the 85% increase in the last 10 years in the city council's budget. Kind of tell us what your thoughts are there when you're talking at city budgets, bouncing budgets, being responsible with the tax dollars that come in. Well, as a business owner, if I couldn't afford something, the last thing I would do is hire an attorney or a policy advisor or more staff. You actually have to do more and save money, especially when it comes to a taxpayer expense. So yeah, they've hired a bunch of people. It seemed like the people that, it wasn't like they just created a position because it was necessary for government operation. It seemed like they created positions and then instantly hired people that, not just that they know, but sometimes people that they're politically aligned with and their relatives, like Lisa Brown's husband got a good six-figure income for a few years. And I think there was a council, someone on the council whose... Uh, whose husband? Husband. Is Karen Stratton's husband. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he is, uh, and he's got a six-figure salary too. That six-figure salary, I, I just got to back up because I was really shocked by that one. Now, I have nothing personal against the individual. All I can look at is that that individual also was the leader of the park board, I believe, when the <laughs> park board couldn't follow the budget having to do with our local parks. And then they had to steal money from West Central to fix a bridge. Oh, West yes. Central neighborhood, to be specific. The West neighborhood budget. Neighborhood, yeah. They took their money to fix a bridge inside the park because the park board didn't follow its budget. Then it sounded to me like there was a personal business that went bankrupt. bankrupt. And then yep. now was a policy advisor. professional, supposedly, advisor for the budget. And then they're taking powers away from the mayor. It's just like the police precinct in my opponent's district. She's down there protesting right in front of the mayor when they're trying to celebrate the opening of a police precinct that that neighborhood wanted. And she's still going to protest it. Adamantly wanted. Well, so, like these things that, that we see... So I know we're going to attack some of these issues because not not for necessarily your campaign, but I'm kind of campaigning for the citizenry here. Yeah, it is about the people. We vote as citizens and say, no, we don't want the stadium downtown. They put it downtown. We vote and we say we don't want fluoridated water. The city council does what? Oh, they they take grant money. To do a study. To do a study. And then they feel obligated. I can tell you what. Over my dead body, will we put fluoride in our clean water? Well, and again, that had to do with the the current city council and their friends getting money from taxpayer-funded coffers because at the time it was councilwoman Kate Burke's boyfriend who ran a Cora that got the $5 million to fluoridate Spokane's water. Because he worked for Delta water. Dental. Well, that's who funded the main project. But the voters said no, like three times. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about the people, not the, the personal agendas of the people that sit on the city council. And when you're talking about budgets, let's talk about the Latah Valley. They have been paying for infrastructure for years. And guess what? They take that money that was in the coffers and they used it on the South Hill. 
So I don't blame those people up in the Lataw Valley that are worried about their entrance and exit into those developments. Well, that's a failure of city government in a major way because that area, there was actually uh, documents from the Washington uh, State Department of Transportation. Transportation. They're talking about cutting off access to the area because the city failed in its obligation to do infrastructure for safety. Yeah, and it was our very city council. They, of course, they want to say it's the mayor's fault. They they wanted to blame the last mayor too, when it's the city council that sets the budget priorities for these needed changes in infrastructure or whatever the issue may be. Well, and so you've probably seen that horrible advertisements about me being in bed with all the developers. So let me tell you, developers take a huge risk. Most of the people that have uh, donated money to my campaign are all local people that care about our community. They live in our community. And so they are totally demonized. That's interesting because a lot of the other candidates that are currently on the city council, when I was looking at their, and folks, this is, some transparency stuff if you want to look into it. It's pdc.wa.gov. They were getting their money from Seattle. Oh, and in huge dumps of cash. Over like a two-day period, $18,000 came into my opponent's campaign, all from Seattle. Mm -hmm. And, well, she always talks about our progressive agenda that we have. What about the people? So I have to say, I was in the Hillier Parade two months ago, and my opponent was behind me. So throughout the parade... They had the Spokane County Democrats banner right in front of my opponent's truck. Mm -hmm. And I thought, where is the nonpartisan in this race? And so didn't they put that on their signs, nonpartisan? I I don't think their signs say that. Because they're not. Well, well, and it's obvious that they're partisan if you look at the, the donor pool. But to me, the biggest insult is that their money for their campaigns aren't coming from everyday citizens or even local businesses. They're coming from outside of the city of Spokane. They're coming from Seattle. Some of them are coming from other parts of the country. It's it's absolutely terrifying. So I brought that up in one of the debates and said, look, I will work for everyone in our community. I'm focused on that because I owned a business and it didn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat. It was about service to everyone. If you came in, we did, we treated everybody the same. And I've had people walk up to me and donate money to my campaign that I never did business with, but they know about my reputation and said, I know that you are fair. I feel that your opponent is not fair and she doesn't work for all the people. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I think that the other problem we have too with municipal government is it's supposed to be nonpartisan. And the reason why it's supposed to be nonpartisan is because municipal government doesn't deal with the issues that are hot button typically uh, or partisan. I think regardless of your political viewpoint, uh, when you're, Homer business gets broken into, you want law enforcement to show up, you want a criminal to be held accountable. I think when you're driving your vehicle down the street, you expect to not have to dodge craters in the roadway. That's, I don't feel that those are partisan things, but those are the fundamentals of local government. It might not be uh, politically sexy or attractive, but all these narratives that they're pushing are not what our local dollars are supposed to pay for. Well, it's about being more compassionate and giving more of our dollars our tax dollars to the drug addicted people that are on our street. 
that are breaking into all our businesses because I'm, you know, I'm a small business owner. I was, and I just got a phone call, what, a week and a half ago from somebody that owns a building right downtown that's right on third and division. And they cut their water lines and their gas line into their building. They had to evacuate their building, thousands of dollars worth of damage. It's not the first time. And she said, the owner called me and said, I am through. I've lost two tenants. I'm sick of this. And you want me, your opponent says, be more compassionate and wants to put more and more dollars into what's happening. Be more compassionate. So I'm going to tell you, you're running for council president Mm -hmm. and neighborhoods have one time a year where they get to go in and give the whole council as a whole an update as to what's going on in their neighborhoods. So your opponent got a really good update on a website called areavibes.com that grades areas that has graded all of Spokane and Riverside District, which is our downtown district. Oh, right. Yes. Um, our Hilliard District, our Bemis, Whitman, Logan neighborhood district. We have all received Fs in the area of crime because we are not addressing and holding people accountable. Now, these grades were brought to their attention and they were asked to work together as a council to address this issue. Because we have companies out there now, areavibes.com is a website that is that uses this grading spectrum to give to people that are looking to buy homes in different areas of town. Or, or businesses. Or businesses that are looking to relocate here. And it's one of the top ones that pops up when you do searches. That's right. It is one of the top ones that's used. And so they were given that information and asked, as a council, we need to take a look at this. We need to take a look at what we are being graded on because people, our downtown is beautiful. Our riverfront park is full of fun. They've put some new playground things in for the kids. We have lots of activities that can go on down there. But it's being graded as an F, which is going to start affecting the people that are moving to our area. Or are not moving. and Or not moving. Negative connotations on our city of Spokane as a whole. And I think that some of our parks and things are underutilized because obviously the police, they're, they're handcuffed. You know, we've got this thing on the ballot now. We're talking about, well, there's a county measure one to increase capacity at our jail, which we haven't done in decades. But we also have to vote on whether, and this is insane that we even have to vote on it, (laughs) on on whether people that are using drugs and illegally camping can be near child cares and educational facilities for children. And parks. Uh, It's unreal. No, oh. no mom wants to take their, their children to the park with a couple RVs sitting right at the edge of the playground. You have no clue who's in there or what's going on. Well, I had a phone call from someone, a mom that was in a riverfront park, and there was a gentleman drugged out laying, watching little kids on the in the park, in Riverfront Park the other day and said, I go, call the police. Now, I call community policing. If you see something, Say call something. the police. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's my, it stops there. You know, yeah, just yeah. watch out. And I was, and I said, are you sure it's not one of the dads, the little kids playing? And they said, absolutely not. He was obviously over overdosing. He was right. obviously on drugs right yeah. there in the park watching kids play. Well, in, in the, this crazy left-leaning council, and, you know, I've had friends and, and family members that, you know, said they were Democrat, but they were not. This is not 
a debate of, well, you know, maybe it's a little of this, a little of that. No, we're talking about common sense versus insanity. Literally the community policing model that they want to adopt is that that person that was playing with their children in the park didn't need to call the police. What she needed to do was have uh, a Narcan injector in her pocket to to do the job of uh, a medical personnel staff. That is so crazy. Well, and I went, I got a, a phone call to come and talk to the union, the city maintenance workers union. And that was so interesting because I got to talk to the man that's in charge of all the garbage collectors. And he said, they want two, you know, things of Narcan for every driver who picks up garbage because you, they get called to go pick up garbage from a homeless encampment. And there's one time one of the workers got stabbed with a needle that oh, had that had residue. Can you imagine? Had to go to the hospital and got injected with an Arcan uh, to save his life. And he was just there to pick up the garbage. Yeah. So that's, that's something that we also have to think about in this discussion is that it's not just for our own safety and that's folks when we're filling out our ballots we shouldn't just think about ourselves because we live in a country it's about individual liberty and freedom we need to think about the individuals in our community the children the elderly other people that can't fend for themselves maybe as well as we can and we We need to go back to thinking about what is right it isn't about who is right it doesn't matter where you stand on the spectrum it is about what is right in every single situation that we come up against and that we tackle there is a right and there is a wrong well then we have to not just listen to the loudest voice in the room we have to think about what they're saying and if we listen closely they expose themselves and We've got to make a good decision this election cycle. We need to get everyone we know to turn out and vote. We need to look into the candidates. So I encourage all you folks, go to rightspokaneperspective.com, listen to all the candidate interviews, go to pleaseforspokane.com, look into the city council president race. If you don't live inside the city, encourage people you know that do to turn out and vote, not just in the election in your district or for school board, but also the city of Spokane, if you know people here. All that being said, we'll be with you folks again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Right Spokane Perspective. We are sponsored by Right Spokane Perspective, LLC, and made possible by advertisers you hear and contributions from listeners like you.